0: hello folks welcome along to a very special edition of the left wing back podcast it is a manic weekend of county football final action with the junior b junior a intermediate and senior finals all down for decision so based on that we got interviews sorted with conor of Aska. we have simon ray covering the junior b and the senior finals from aeroach's point of view we have emmett moran of the fighting cox james dial of saint mullins Niall Gorman, the St. Patrick's of Tolo selector, Shane Shock McGrath, the uh, big man up front for Club Moore, and uh, Tin Ryland manager, Stephen O'Mara, as well. A bumper weekend, and uh, we just want to thank our sponsors once more, Conley's Topline Harbour, Earth Spaz, Scats Bouncing Cattles, j j Services, Seamus Born Electrical, Talba Fitness Carlos, PFT Travel, The Arboretum in Lachlan Bridge, Railwheel Unlimited, and Carlow Electrical Services, of course. A bumper weekend of action, as you said. And uh, just to give a shout out as well to the ladies football finals taking place on Saturday at Netwatch Cullen Park, the intermediate at 12 between Gildavent, Cluny Gall and St. Bridget's and of course at 2 o'clock the senior final between Bennecariton Ryland and O'Loughlin. So the very best look indeed to everyone involved in all the finals, both men's and women's across the weekend turning our attention to the junior b football championship final this weekend ask up against their rogue the man at the other side of the screen is of course mr connor o'brien you're very welcome connor
1: cheers thanks very much kevin thanks for having us well sure
0: look it's great to have you on it's great to see ask back in a final it's um what sure i don't know it exactly 12 months but uh it was last year you're in the final against the against uh, mullins it was it was quite the battle on the day um I've been following your progress, albeit from afar. I didn't get to see Aska during the Junior B Championship, but looking at results, definitely the form team, Connor. Um, how has it been to, to play with these guys, I suppose, over the past few weeks, and how have you assessed it all?
1: Um, I suppose it's been good so far. Um, I suppose before the Championship previously, the league was a bit of a minefield, I suppose, with teams kind of alternating up and down between Division 3 and Division 4. But um, we got a couple of good practice games in before the championship. And I suppose we hit the ground running then the first day against Finn, And we kind of we've kicked on from there. We've kind of built on each game, I suppose. Um, it's easy to say, I guess, it's looked easy for us. But it's been anything but um, Clonmore lay down two serious challenges against us. But I suppose we came up top in the two games. Um, aside from that, we seem to be moving fairly well. Uh everyone's fit and ready to go, I suppose, for Sunday and we've had lads coming back from injury at the right time, at the minute.
0: Yeah, and that's what she wants to do. Look, I know you played Tlesham in a practice match, you played all Auckland's second team in a practice match and uh, the guys up in Tlesham were very impressed with, with how he was removing at that particular time anyway. um, In relation to, I suppose, 12 months ago, how many guys have now ventured into the fold that um have come through the underage ranks?
1: Um, I suppose we have four or five, we've John Perry there, obviously he was in with the under 20s. He played, I think he was involved with the Carlos Seniors then as well as a squad player. You have um, Andrew Vint and Mark O'Brien too came through. James Ingram, Alex Clifford, Killing Kamitsky. There's a good few lads coming through there at the minute. Um, I suppose you can see um, previously, where years ago we wouldn't have had an underage setup and we were struggling to kind of hold the junior team together. Um, now at the minute it seems like we've rebuilt, I suppose, from the ground up the likes of Midland, Bernard O'Brien and other lads there giving a, a massive trojan amount of work underage I suppose it's bearing fruit now that we're starting to see a few of them lads starting to make it onto the junior team
0: Conor I suppose looking at um, you know you mentioned the guys coming through there I, I've been watching your progress over the past couple of years at, at underage level and I'm always conscious that you know sometimes people can be a little bit condescending or patronising towards Asco and they say ah it's great sir they're making great strides and you know, when you hear it in hurling terms, ah, oh, they love their hurling down in, uh, or we'll say, I don't know, anywhere. Just say they love their hurling down in Kerry, or they love to hurling in Carlo. It usually comes from um, characters who probably don't know the exact ins and outs of the work that is actually going in, but are trying to cover their own arses. But looking at your results closely over the past couple of years at juvenile level, you can see that progress that's been made. It's real, and it's, uh, it's starting to bear fruit. And... I do feel like while you have a big hurdle to jump um, this coming Sunday, that things are moving in the right direction, aren't they?
1: Things are, I suppose, they're massively moving the right direction. Um, like last year, we had an under the seventeen division one team, like we won one B, and it was the first time the club has ever had a a minor say um, division one team in its history. Like so, that was a massive step forward, I suppose, and it's a big help not just having lads coming from minor, but lads that are playing. At the top level, either with Clover County, it's massive to have the likes of them coming into the fold to bring, they bring massive energy and to invigorate the likes of the older lads as far as the likes of myself, John or Brian Hosey, Willie Longa, or they're kind of in the team a while now, and it kind of it, it adds competition for prices too. Mm-hmm. The other thing, Connor, to mention that you know gets bandied about a little
0: bit unfairly about Aska, is that Asher, their players you know, they come in from Aero and they come in from Tynor Island and they come in from the Blues. But a lot of people actually forget that you're asking men through and through who had to go elsewhere because there wasn't a team there. Now years are back together. Am I? Would I be getting that fairly spot on? Because it is something that is kind of frustrating whenever it's bandied about.
1: Yeah, I suppose when I was growing up, yeah, it's very true. Um, when I was growing up, I suppose myself and John De Weir have played football since we were four or five years of age together. But like I remember playing Morris Nolan when he was about six years of age, standing in a corner, not to do it with football. But then you had like the likes of us. Then you have John Jackson, Brian Jackson. We all had to venture to the likes of Paddleton, Ryland, Aroge. You have Jimmy Field and Jack Field there as well. There was just wasn't anything. We had a, obviously we had an adult team. There was two teams even at one stage, and albeit they were going reasonably well, I suppose in the early two thousands to a couple of intermediate finals. But we actually had we know to play football. We couldn't play with Aska. See, we went away to the likes of there's clubs around the town, and now we're back where we want to be, you know. And for to win Sunday and even moving forward, um, it's just great to be able to pl- play with the club that we want to be playing with, her home club.
0: Yeah, and like I suppose I'm of that vintage where I do remember have aska having underage teams also and playing over in the Praise or wherever it was aska coming out to 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 Val and and having some genuine really really good players and not too long ago it doesn't seem too long ago that we were uh playing against asking for Lockler bridge and um obviously operating at a slightly higher grade at that particular juncture connor but i would think that it wouldn't be unrealistic for you guys to target being back there at a minimum with the crop that uh, you currently have and what's set to come true again in the next couple of years
1: yeah, well, I suppose, obviously, every club, lower in in Bridge, like you said, Kevin, you want to be optimistic and have a plan of where you want to go over the next three, four, five years. But I suppose, at the time being, I suppose you can only look at the next hurdle that's in front of you and hopefully, fingers crossed, all go well Sunday if we can get over that. It'll be a massive step forward for us. Like, as you said earlier on, obviously, 12 months ago, we were here in the same position. We didn't get the job done. So hopefully, fingers crossed, all go well Sunday and we can get that job done.
0: Yeah, but it has to count for something, Connor, that experience on the day, and it is a mirror image. I mean, it was before the senior final last year, too. And on a slight tangent, it is great to see it before the senior final also, because it just gives that platform, it gives that experience of of playing on these big days. And it's just reward for the efforts that yourselves and Aroga put in at that level too, that you get to play and be a part of County Final Day. But in terms of match day experience it's got to count for something that you were there twelve months ago uh,
1: well we'd like we'd like to hope so um I suppose it generates well maybe I know the grade we're playing at probably doesn't generate crowds that senior and intermediate games are going to generate for obvious reasons, but yeah, play, playing on playing on Sunday hopefully will give us that exposure and kind of creates a good vibe about the place and people know just ask our playing Sunday how we they getting on. You have lads that are in the club there that mightn't been around for the last while. There's they've other commitments and that. And next thing they hear they're in a the final or in a semi-final, important game coming up. You'll you'll draw a crowd and it's great it's great to see and it's great to be able to get that exposure. But hopefully last year experience will be able to draw on it and use it to our advantage on Sunday absolutely.
0: Yeah. That part in front of the press box on the terrace side, I do recall being dotted in uh, the two sheds of blue quite heavily last year. So uh, there is a very, very strong support. I know one man who definitely is uh, aska till I die is Mr. J. O'Reilly, who is regularly in touch with uh, with the left wing back. I mean, you have guys everywhere that are just um, really, really passionate asking people and they'd love nothing better to see a result on, on Sunday.
1: Oh massively like you've Jason down he's down in Australia you've Pat Cavanagh in Australia as well hey uh, like you've people away there they're massive true and true diehards like I know Pat was home there for the beginning of the championship there for the Fenner game like there's nowhere I'd say he'd rather be than down seeing his club playing <laughs> he didn't i he didn't really care about a whole pile else you know but um, no it's great to see the likes of them people still staying in tune with the club is massive like they never forget their route, no matter where they are in the world. And it's great to see you, hopefully it's the likes of them and other people then in the club that you you want to do well for, you know, whether it's family or friends or whatever. Everyone has their own motivation, but we'll use anything we can Sunday to, to hopefully get over the line. Yeah, and uh, i all good on the injuries front? Uh all good on the injuries front, yeah. Um we had a couple of niggles I suppose before, kind of made their way through the league. Um they slowly seem to be coming right, so hopefully everything <laughs> will come, to, come, to, come right at the right time, you know yourself.
0: Good stuff. Connor. great to have you on the podcast. The very best look on Sunday and uh, onwards and upwards, alright?
1: Cheers. Thanks very much for having me, Kevin.
0: Now we're turning our attention to all things A-Rogue and here to cover both the, the Junior bees and the Seniors is Senior Selector and, of course, County Senior Selector Simon Ray. Simon, welcome on to the podcast once more.
2: Thanks, Kev. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, listen pleasure as always um i know it's a, a particularly busy week for uh, yourself and it's been a particularly busy year so how does someone go from the mayhem of being involved in an inter county setup straight into something that is uh nearly every bit as chaotic in terms of a club senior setup uh which is not far off a county setup what possesses you to keep going at this <laughs> 12 months the whole year around simon
2: uh Probably, yeah, that's a good question. I suppose just probably the love of the GAA, and that's been honest with you. I think it's the closest thing you have to when you finish up playing, uh, Kevin. Um, and look, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm really, really lucky to be involved with, with, the, with the Carroll senior football team for the last number of years. And I've thoroughly enjoyed the kind of selection and coaching role I've had with the lads. And uh, obviously, Turla would have brought me into that and I stayed on with Niall. But then, obviously, to come back uh, to the club, Turla took over last year and... I got in a coaching capacity with Thurlow, and uh, I think if you can give back to your club in any type of way, um, a huge amount of people would have had an impact on me kind of growing up. So I think, you know, to give back to the club is a great thing. And I know a lot of these guys, have, I've played with them, um, and some of them underage, say uh, would have come up through the ranks, coaching side of things as well. So uh, I was delighted probably to give uh, Thurlow a dig out, I suppose, when he asked me. Um, but it is, it is, you're right, it is kind of chaotic. It is. Like club side of it, we're nearly putting the same amount of time and effort into it that goes into the inter scene. I can attest to that, knowing what we're doing as a backroom team and the level of detail kind of we're going into. So, um, yeah, it's, um, but look, it's enjoyable as well at the same time. You know, you're just trying to manage, manage the loads and uh, I wouldn't do it if I wasn't enjoying it.
0: Yeah, sure, look, that's the, that's the whole all love it and it's to remember that it is to there to be enjoyed, I guess. And, um, Whenever it gets beyond that, well, then you have to ask questions. But once you're enjoying it, that is the main thing. I'll come to you first on, on the Junior Bs, if you don't mind. We've had a yep. chat with, uh, with Connor O'Brien of Aska. Uh, there's a few very experienced campaigners with this Aero Junior B site. Um, do you want to rattle off a few of them there for us?
2: Oh yeah, sure, look, you would have the likes of Jamie Ryan would have played senior football, Gary Powell would have played senior football, James Root is kind of over overseen the kind of whole thing there as well, Mark Corcoran's involved, then there's a mixture of young lads then involved then as well, so look, I think it's fantastic to have the club involved in, in two adult finals, um, and look, it would have been three only for obviously the intermediates to, uh, didn't go into plan last weekend against Tullow, um, so supposed to be involved in your, your two of your adult teams being two finals for look it's great for the club kevin that's been honest with you
0: yeah we've seen you rock up a couple of years ago and talk out with sub keeper for a row we're not going to see you rock up and play a junior b final uh sunday simon are we no no i
2: haven't got that call yet that's been honest with you but uh, i'll have enough on me play it sunday morning Um, you know just trying to get the mind right and and relax ahead of uh what should be you know an exciting day for the club
0: yeah for sure now, let's bring ourselves back a couple of days to the semi final. And I know we had a little bit of a chat afterwards, but uh, I'd like to bring that to air. I mean, it it's just seems the most bizarre and cruelest of, of ways. Like, um, I think, uh, and I, I'd say he won't mind me saying it, but um, a certain Raffili player, as you can kind of inform me earlier, said they didn't lose a game all year and they're out of the championship.
2: Yeah, that's, I suppose, that's the cruel nature of of uh, a penalty shoe out in GA. I, I Look, I'm probably not the biggest fan of it, that's been genuine, which I think that when you've invested so much into it um, all year and to go out like that, it's tough. It is really, really tough. We we, we had a quick chat pitch side after the game, all right, and, and we were kind of alluding to that point that I think the time was there, time is there. If you look to have a, a an extra week uh, between probably the semi final and even if the final went to a replay as well, you still have another week. Now you'd only have a week to prepare maybe for a Leinster Championship game, the winners of it. But still I think that's that's you know nearly enough because as you like the both teams say we're in the situation the other day, lost the game, you've put a huge amount into the year, and to go out like that, and as you're right, like a haven't lost the game all year, didn't lose the game, lost the penalty shoe and they're out of championship.
0: Yeah, it's nuts, to be honest with you. But, I mean, we have to still talk about um, what, what unfolded. Like, talk about going through every sort of emotion. Like, you put on record before that you'd be quite open about the fact that you would be fairly in touch with the emotions, maybe more than a lot of men would be. So that must have been absolute chaos for you on the sideline Sunday, was it?
2: Yeah, it's, it's... Look, you can only imagine, I suppose. One of the things, I suppose, that people tend to forget is that as, as a player, when you're out there... You'd actually prefer to be playing and actually on the sideline mean, because you're in mm. control of what you're doing, or you, you've prepared for it in some sort of shape or form. And as like uh, Josh Brady alluded to, we've practiced penalties the last three or four Friday nights, you know, and um, you know it, it it might have helped in a small way. Um, but you know, I'm just thinking of him. Like imagine an 18 year old chap to put his hand up and not only put his hand up for the original set of five, but you know, to take the ball and take the ownership. Um, and uh, step forward and take that, you know, sudden death penalty, I mean, that's what A-Rogue is about, you know, we're all doing about promoting youth and uh, to see him do that, and uh, obviously it's it's extra sweet for me because he's a relation of mine as well, so um, I was delighted for him to, to show that ownership and leadership at that age and step forward and have no, just the way he took the penalty as well, like, you know, such calmness and knew what he was doing. and um, so delight for him. Absolutely delight for him. And obviously delight for our group of boys, because uh, it gets us into a county final um after a difficult year last year, um, for the group, you know. So um it's great to get back to a county final.
0: Yeah, we spoke about it on the podcast the other night about all the flack that yourself, Thurlow, Tommy, Allen and all the guys involved got after losing the quarter final. And in many ways, a lot of that was very much over the top. Um but also, there is a part of it that Aeroke have standards, and when they don't get to a county final or maybe win the county final, it's deemed as a failure. But I still say, in spite of that, uh, it did seem a little bit um, overly critical and unfair. But from that point of view, I would imagine it's particularly pleasing to be back now within 60 minutes of winning one again.
2: Yeah, I'm delighted for Thurlow and Tommy. Uh, like, in, in fairness to both of those people, Kevin. Um, They've done so much for the club. Uh, like I've been lucky enough um, to win one of minor minor titles under them, under twenty one titles under them, won probably you think four senior championships under their stewardship as well. So um, vast experience, huge experience. Like Tarlo travels the length and breadth of the country to you know try and find any edge that he can and you're right i thought a little bit of the criticism was was you know completely over the top last year we were dealing with an awful lot of stuff last year kevin and uh we lost a lot of experience as well and there was injuries and stuff like that so um it just didn't pan out it didn't pan out the way we wanted it to pan out um but it's when you sit back and you reflect and you look and you and you analyse it, you know, in the cold light of day and you see kind of what was put in front of us, um, plus blood and a couple of young lads as well, you know. So, um, but, but that team last year was down a huge amount of experience. We didn't obviously have Ross, we didn't have Owen root had, had gone away and uh, we would injuries to key players, like of Jordan Morrissey and Darrell Bryan and Mark Fiore. And you don't replace those guys overnight, Kevin, you know, and uh, Palantine went through a similar situation this year, and I have sympathy for the way they're gone because they were down key players this year, and it just shows you four or five guys can make a huge difference. You know, it's it's a fine line between actually having a really, really good year and then ending up where they are this year, you know. And uh, so I do have sympathy for those because I know how difficult it is when you're without that level of experience, you know. But uh, in fairness, credit has to go to the players, Kevin. The turn this year around, the yeah, attitude has been fantastic. Training has gone really, really well and uh, the players are leading it you know themselves as well which is great to see and there's a good few young lads after coming in mark bean and adam mccarron and dawn burn and um, obviously josh brady you know so it's great uh they're mixing now with the, with a bit of experience that we have there and then obviously on top of that like so your sean and your bennies who are, have been around a long time as well so um it'll be great for those guys to get across the line on sunday and uh win one with them like you know and they're looking forward then for for the rest of their career you know so um no i'm i'm, I'm very happy with how we prepared for them as i said actually, the actual players have been brilliant
0: mm. um i suppose i can't ignore the noise that's been made about the euro can situation in relation to the league final and while a lot of that is noise, and i guess it's something that you're trying to keep the players away from and stuff it does add an element of intrigue to neutrals, supporters maybe supporters of both clubs but definitely to neutral supporters and followers everywhere it's it's like something that you couldn't have really scripted from from the outside in um but i, I just wonder is any of that filtering in has any of that played a part and uh, does it provide any sort of motivation i guess coming into sunday
2: I'd, 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 like from a player's point of view, like doesn't really. I suppose the one thing like there, there's there's after been so many mistruths around the, the league, the, the thing. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Um, and is it not or is it going ahead? There's like you know it's been been frustrating. Uh, obviously, um, that's being honest with you. Uh, sometimes had been a little bit of a distraction. But we've as a management team, we've tried to obviously. Um, just deal with that on our side of things as best we can and uh just protect the players from it um so but look i think the rivalry with Thailand is it's it's something that's been there but, like i would have played them in a couple of minor finals there's always you know probably an edge to the game um especially and uh look are back now in in back to back finals for the first time since i think the 70s um so uh yeah, look, they're going to bring their own thing to the game on on Sunday. They're going to train, input their own way they want to do things on Sunday. And uh, look, we'll be the same. We we we'll be going after a performance from us and trying to find areas uh, where we think we can get at them. And uh, that's what's going to be intriguing about the battle on Sunday.
0: Hmm. Well, it's going to be a magical atmosphere. I remember the the clash in last year's championship between the twoies and the. Yeah, just the atmosphere um, and the noise around the place. And that wasn't even a game that had a trophy at stake. So I can only imagine what Sunday is going to bring. And on that note, Simon, I want to wish you the very best luck. And thanks a million, as always, for taking the time to have a chat
2: with us here, your gent. No problem, Kev. And fair play for all the coverage this year. It's been brilliant. Sticking
0: with Sunday's Senior Football Championship final, and we now turn our attention to all things Tin Ryland. Steve O'Mara is the Tin manager. And Steve, you're very welcome on the podcast once more. How's things? Good,
3: not bad. Thanks for having me again, Kev.
0: Well, sure, look, we'll start with the elephant in the room, Steve. It's uh, a very short turnaround to next Sunday. You've got a couple of bodies that were uh, looking a little bit worse for wear, as have A-Rogue. Um How are those guys, and um, what way are you about this week turnaround?
3: Yeah, fully we, we we chatted about this off air a few weeks back. Uh, I I hadn't looked at it, um, but you you were correct. There's three weeks from the final to the Leinster Championship. So, look okay, I can only assume the thinking there was to if the, if it was a draw, you'd still have two weeks to the provincials. But definitely, like you're kind of yeah, semi-final to final. I heard you discussed it the other day for what it's worth. Uh, semi-final to final in seven days, and then three weeks off. You know it's probably not probably doesn't give some of those players the time that's that, that you'd, you'd like to give them but um yeah look there's look there's a there's a busy physio this week um, but as, as things stand look um few boys in the air probably the biggest concern is Mark Mullen um, he's he's still in the boot but now that's off just pure precaution yeah um, I mean, I've seen, I've seen Brian Howard go from a boot to a football field in the space of 24 hours before, you know. Uh, look, that, that's probably the biggest concern. Uh, physios coming over to the club tonight to see him and a couple of boys. Uh, we have two physios. The other physio saw a couple of boys last night. So, look, it's, yeah, uh, seven-day turnaround doesn't help the chances. I'd be hoping we might have a, a, a full bill. Uh, not beyond reason, one or two, or worst case, three could be, could be down. Um, Mark Muller's the biggest concern as he came off uh, but look you know we had a week off we didn't have an 80 minute semi-final so I'm sure whatever whatever we have I imagine aero have, have at least as bad to, to be dealing with
0: Yeah, I suppose on the podcast the other night there was a, in hindsight it might have seemed like a fixation with a high ball or a lack thereof in how Bainisome may have went about targeting you guys and then it's something that I mentioned that Aero might look at but then I had a little bit of a reflection. Is it something that Hinrailing might look at? This woman's
3: on there. I wonder. Playing high ball end. Mm. Um. How would I put an it? An odd one say. now. An odd one. Ah <coughs> oh, well, look, we all, we always have sent an odd one in. Uh, I suppose it was was to give you an analogy on that. There was a big article for the honour of semi-final last year when Armagh had sent in two balls in desperation late on against Galway and they both ended up in the net. Less than a 1-100 chance I would say that both of them would have ended up in the net in the space of 60 seconds or 90 seconds. There's a big article on uh, Derry and uh, how Derry had never, or were Derry going to target this? <laughs> I was saying, I've like, watched seven Derry championship matches this year. <laughs> they haven't sent in a single high ball. I don't see them changing tack uh, to go after, to, to go after a, a, a supposed weakness in the in the full back line of uh, Galway, but uh, which I don't think was there. I think it was random. Look, we, you look. We, we we had a kind of a philosophy. I had a philosophy. How I I, I, was, I was in Salt Hill in Pear Stadium. The uh, Salt Hill today. Um, Limerick played Galway in eighteen in the first league game. Uh, when Galway were raging hot favourites to maintain their all Ireland and. Limerick were, you know, it was a Division 1B game. And uh, I remember looking at Limerick that day. And I mean, they no, they they weren't the Limerick we know now, or they were only starting. They had a philosophy. I've seen they have a philosophy that they. A lot of secrecy around games and tactics and this and that. Uh, Limerick had what I would describe as the Alex Ferguson philosophy, and they have had since. They play the same way all the time. Uh, and if you want to come and see us, come and see us. But we the 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 theory is that if we do it right that we play we we can deal well if we're good enough we can deal with whatever's thrown at us. So um that has been our philosophy over the last two years. Um obviously listen you don't advertise friendlies you're playing, but we didn't particularly hide them either this year to be honest with you. Um now yeah, played most of them too far from Carlo that anybody would have been bothered to go, especially as we load a hurling teams in the group. Um, but look, no, I listen, I'm not saying we will or we won't. Um but don't be expecting any radical any radical changes, you know, because that is the philosophy. That was Alex Ferguson was Shane Supple saying that to me he played Premiership football with Ipswich when he was seventeen or eighteen in goal. And he said that that, that was the word of the street in the premiership. Alex Ferguson didn't even do opposition analysis. Um, that he got bogged down or too much in previous years in Europe and Counterproductive, and his philosophy was: we set out our star, we do it in training and we do it well enough, and we can deal with whatever comes at us. Now, look, they had the, the best players in the land by a long way, but yeah, look, that's that's that that's been our philosophy in general that we like to think: uh, if we're good enough on the day, if you do, if we do A and you do A to match us, well, maybe we can we can evolve to be. As I say, that's the that's a theory. If it works out, doesn't it, doesn't it always. Mm.
0: I said this thing. Uh, firstly, I'll get a quick answer on this. I don't know if you perceive it as a compliment or a criticism, but I said to Nyland, we're coached, within an inch of their lives. How do you perceive that? Uh,
3: I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, uh, it, if it looks no, like it uh, is, it's working, uh, that's the, the, the way I certainly was coming. Yeah, well, as, the, as one of the rahini
3: boys, as one of the boys said to me, uh, I, I can't remember what I was talking about I was organizing a a social event i think in the club i can't remember what it was but uh, let's say i don't know was it the 21st birthday party and uh, conor talty turned around and said it'll be the most structured and organized 21st 21st party party in the history of, uh, of the country so look it is yeah i mean that's that's what you're there for i mean that's what i see yeah yeah, yeah and listen don't get me wrong there's still there's still a regular room for for freedom within parameters of found, you know there's a parameter of foundations and suppose yeah. like building a house, everyone put build foundations the same way because they're, if, if, if you don't, the house falls down. Then yeah. you can let the the architect in to, to yeah. be as artistic as he wants. I suppose that's, it depends how much wriggle room you give give, give, the, give the architect, I suppose. um yeah. Some would have more than others, but look, that's ultimately, you know, yeah, mm. it is. It, it is. It, it, it's, it's, it's I suppose even when you look at, I've re, learned a lot reading Rude Hullock's book, how to watch football. And like he'd be pointing out that, you know, the average punter watching doesn't see this and I wouldn't see it because I'm not really a soccer tactician not at a high level you know I understand the foundations and the basics but <clears throat> he was explaining plays that different teams did where like if a guy hits a pass you think is just a pass but it's actually the first pass of a four pass play or the intention of a four pass play and I thought that was fascinating watching it uh, or reading it and probably a bit of an eye opener in that regard that's, that's probably how how we look at things as well that a lot of the passes that might look like one dimensional passes you know it's often the first pass in a in a in a set play, you know, an yeah. in play set play.
0: So, in spite of what I said regarding being coached for inter lives, I saw things the other day that I wouldn't expect normally to see. I saw Conor McGrath kicking a point from play. I saw Conor O'Toole kicking a point from
3: play because there's this kind of thing <laughs> where <laughs> they'll have you a know, laugh the... <laughs> on the the training ground about Conor McGrath uh, because it's a we have we have we have a good laugh whenever he puts a wide on the tra- on the training ground. Yeah, uh, but, but no, like, Conor, Conor their... throws a few over. Probably had a. Yeah, small sample size. Might have missed two or three in a row in Championship football. But Connor, Connor, yeah. Connor, not, can kick, a for, interruptor... Connor, Connor can kick a point for Connor Connor kicking point from point forty yards. Uh, yeah. Connor McGrath. Connor O'Toole again is a bit of an enigma because he I think he kicked eight out of ten in the league last year and then championship kicked, I think, two out of seven. But again, it's just random sample size. Those boys can kick yeah. points. And again, Connor obviously Connor uses speed on his brains and he you know, there was two county there was a county footballer and a county hurler hot on his heels, but he Check the step back I mean he kicked it over you now over blocking hands I'll be for about nineteen twenty 20 yards so I mean it wasn't a it wasn't a Paul Broderick worthy but uh mm-hmm. no th- th- those those points wouldn't be unusual in the pattern of yeah. things
0: and that's fair but I suppose what where I'm coming at it from is and I don't know if you've ever done this as a coach but I've certainly seen it a lot where at training you might give someone a bib and you'll have shooter rot on it and marker and that's the person that is is shooting unless common sense prevails and that guy should have the shot because it's within his limits. So if I was to say to you, you have to put two bibs on your forwards and say shooter, I wouldn't think it would be Conor Grand Conor O'Toole, in spite of that. And it's not the fact that I don't believe they can score points, but there's a perception that you need to get the ball to the to D and Paul uh, to get the shots off. Um, and Danny Moore maybe to an extent as well.
3: Uh, long live that perception. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean even look, generally speaking, to be honest, and probably one of our strengths and maybe the comes back to that coach within into your lives. Generally speaking, the it's something I'd targ- well, I target well wasn't target, but it's something that comes organically, I suppose, the way I coach. Generally speaking, our scores and assists come from you know, you look down you look down the 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 stats list. Normally we scores as an assist from well, let's say if we score ten points from you know, it's generally seven, eight, nine different scorers and six, seven, eight different assistors. So, um no, if you looked at if you look back at the patterns, I think you'll find um there might be look, obviously Broderick and the likes they scored three points the last day, don't get me wrong, uh, from play. Two from play and two freeze. They one of the frees was his own. But look, that, that um they're memorable, but no, like those other boys they, they do score, you know. Yeah,
0: I don't know for not sure, that I much do- now, but and they're, they're, they're good footballers, they're just not the perceived shooters that you might have in mind, I guess. But uh, no doubt, yeah, I'm looking at them by his ears and I've seen them keep points, but it's, it's, a, it's a, I don't know, I had this thing in my head that was perhaps a rarity in the last couple of years in comparison to um, kind of what we're seeing, whatever. But the other thing, I guess, uh, is something that um, many teams are still forgetful of, and that's Danny Moran's ability to shoot from range, which he, he got you off the mark with, I believe, the other day. We know the point against Zero last year. um. Certainly, whenever you're setting up and you're allowing someone a little bit more regular room from an opposition point of view, that's not a guy I believe in free, to be honest. Um, bit of a silent assassin, I think, in, in that regard. But from your own point of view, bringing it back to what you're going to tell me about Tin regard <laughs> instead of what I'm trying to tell you about your own team. Um, where have you seen the incremental progress with Tin Rylan this year in comparison to 12 months ago? And why do you believe that you're now in a better position to, to win this one?
3: Uh, I'm not sure. I do think we're in a better position to win this one. I mean, we, we came into the final last year as underdogs, or into the final this year as underdogs. Um, and that's having come through unbeaten both years four wins at four last year, four, three wins in a draw this year. I don't think we necessarily are. Like, we're not under any illusion that, you know, the bookies had a strong top three for the championship and we weren't in it. Um, and we haven't had to play any of those three to get to the final. Now, look, I think the Old oloughlin results probably put the strong group, weak group uh, idea a bit to bed. You know, well, completely to bed, really, because O'Loughlin won or ran everybody close. And essentially, we're heavily beaten until a late game surge by Bagelstown. So, look, yeah, we're further along the line. Uh, we probably... You know, I tore the, the 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 Pal final apart over the winter, and definitely there was one or two structural things I wasn't happy with. That we, you know, I, I consulted a few of the wise men in the West, uh, and I got one or two very good ideas. We worked on, um, yeah. There's one or two things there I'd be, I'd be less concerned at the risk of some of the poor scores we conceded in the set, in you know, in, in the first half against Pal last year. In the game, you know, we largely controlled a lot of it, but just you know, two or three opportunities taken by Pal but presented from, you know, poor structural defensive play for us, I suppose. Uh, so, look, we've worked at all that. We're not under any illusions that we're going up against a team with seven county players and probably two or three more that would be on a, on a county panel or even team if your life depended on winning a game tomorrow and are just, just retired at this stage. So, look, um, I don't know that we are. We don't know what, we're you know, every game is different. We're going to, Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we trained, I mean, I saw, I saw our old play, Nate Martin from Lowe's, I think five or six weeks out from championship last year. We trained for six weeks around that game, around what we'd seen. Uh, the week before the Ball lebrana game, we trained for a week around Ball lebrana And then we went back to training for a week around there at Oak. I mean, it was a, it was a game. I'm a coach with the, an into your lives. I, I never operated a game like that. It was coach to how our play. Um, and one or two key things fell in our favour you know to think you'll come back with the same template against Eric Oga year down the road who have evolved and are doing things differently it's just not going to happen uh, and we haven't you know I, I didn't see Era Oga I didn't see the O'Loughlin game I didn't see the uh, the second game was, I didn't see the Pal game I was, at the, I was at the sorry I was at the Pal game I didn't see the Radville game uh you know so uh, obviously i saw the quarter final the last day but it was a funny game there were so many frees it's kind of hard to analyze nearly every time the ball got inside the defensive arc somebody was fouled and um i thought it was interesting because i often thought that it was carlo referee and, and 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 um dublin referee and, and i thought uh i, I met a block like david and john hickey it's david hickey wasn't it refereed the David Hickey referee the era O game. Like he refereed that to me like a Dublin referee. Um, whereas John is probably extremely consistent, but definitely more, you know, lets a lot more hands on. Um, but that second game, I felt was refereed like a Dublin game. Uh, and there was a lot of freeze. You couldn't really analyse it. So, look, that that's certainly something we don't have on our corner this year. We haven't trained explicitly for era <laughs> O. We'll try and do it now in the space of. But, I mean, there's more lads hobbling around the field last night than there was on the field. So, we're Friday night at that, and we'll, look, we'll, we'll see what we can do with it, you know.
0: Yeah. Last question, Steve. Um, mm. I can't ignore the fanfare around... Uh, well, it's a fanfare. I suppose the way the fans are, are perceiving this week in terms of what happened with the league final debacle, and it, from a fan's point of view, it's adding an extra bit of spice to the whole thing, right? Um, mm. does, that, does that spice sprinkle into your camp...
3: Nah, not at all. Not at all. I mean look, we, the, we there'll be a time for chatting about it again. Like there's still cases. And when you say the, the I think you say the league final debacle that happens, the league final debacle that's happening, I still expect that there'll be a fixture for that. Um but uh, no, not remotely. Um and I suppose the thing the thing look I, I, I I'm not in Carlo at the moment. I mean, I was last year. I'm not in Carlo I'm driving down every day or every training session. So I don't know, you know. But we 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 banned the L word there about for we two the Tuesday before we played Rangers in the first game. The L word was banned, and it hasn't come up since. Um, look, I and as I said, as I said to you, you know, all go well. We get a bit of run the championship, and this is long forgotten in the, in the scheme of things. You know, I mean, listen. It's gone that far down the road now there's obviously a process that needs to be finished out. But in the scheme of things it's uh, it's not even a ninety five five in terms of the value of this Sunday. Nah, mm. look, as I say and did it, funny, it's complete as I said, I'd have run in with I'd run in with a, a gang and a, a seven aside Dublin ladies five years ago. Like I haven't seen any of them since. I have if I did I wouldn't recognise them, they wouldn't recognise me. Carlo is different, like, but when you look at their Ogan Titler Island, like there's you know, Paul Roderick's fiance. Say is there, oh I you think there's a there, there, there's a, a a really um healthy ivory there in general. And look I coached, you have to remember I coached six or seven of those boys and like great lads, like you know what I mean? Like Mark Fury, you couldn't be a nicer fella. You know, Colin Holtz is just great character, huge time for him, you know, still have a you know, a bit of banter. what I mean. And you know, like Daryl O'Brien was one of the guys, just so diligent. Like we beat Armagh the week before the National League in two thousand and twenty they came down for a bit of a confidence boost. Darrell O'Brien, just the guy you bet your life on. Uh, And that was probably the highest, his best performance I ever saw that night. He, he you know, Jordan Morrissey, a warrior, you know, you know. So, look, these are great lads. I'd have huge time for these lads. Um, So, no, absolutely, go in. Now, you'd have a fear of them. Uh, Ross Tumphy, uh I, I was watching videos of him at three o'clock in the morning last night, which is why I'm here having me coffee. Um so no, listen, no, I, I, it's a it's a traditional rivalry. Suppose Tin Ryland haven't held upheld their part of the bargain maybe now for twenty-five or whatever about the years. Um so that said I think it's great. It's great to have that traditional rivalry back in the final. But listen, it's it's as as I said, look maybe I came in maybe on a bit of a three-year plan last year. Even coming into championship semi-finals and final, there was still an element of how things are going to be next March. You know, if if you know you don't reward the fellows who've trained hard, you know we're going to have a training panel next February March. But as I said to somebody yesterday, in terms of in, ter- in terms of the game, like there is no Monday. Like it's just it's it for me. Monday doesn't exist. It's all about winning the game on Sunday, and nothing else matters. Good stuff. Well
0: listen, Steve, the very best of luck and thanks for chatting to us. All right.
3: Thanks, Kev. So now we turn our attention to the Junior A
0: football championship final and we're joined by Emmett Moran, captain of the Fighting Cox. Emmett, you're very welcome. What's the story, lad?
4: Cheers, Kev. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Ah, uh, sure look, great to have you on, boss. Uh, must be serious excitement out uh, out your direction this week. Ah, uh,
4: there is, there is absolutely. Like it's not too often the, the club itself gets into county finals as well. So it's a massive kind of occasion for the, the whole community.
0: Yeah, and I suppose, in one sense, when there's only a week, there's not a whole lot of time to get excited. But then there's not a, lot, a whole lot of time for uh, for supporters to overthink it, maybe either. So I don't know—is it an advantage or a disadvantage? Do you think?
4: It's hard to tell. Like I, I'd imagine, if you ask any lads off the panel, they'd all be wishing for for Saturday to come around. But on the flip side, we're all kind of conscious as well that yeah you have to soak all of it in you know like there's a week there don't just be waiting until saturday happens you know you have to take everything that comes with it whether it be the the preparation the flags the mountain scene, the whole kind of village and everything decorated that's all part of the process too you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah and sure i don't know actually maybe this is the opportune time to ask but uh, i don't go to extra draw that often i happened to be out there last when was it was the last thursday morning i saw a lot of the, the flags up um Ballon do have to pass through the fighting cocks, so not to create a conspiracy theory. I don't know, did they go before that, or was there something else out there that I'm not aware of? But it was certainly something I noticed, Any Emmett.
4: Ah, uh, that they're, they're passionate supporters out there. You'd be surprised if they had, they didn't have the green and kind of gold flags going all year round as well. But uh, yeah. rumour has it there's a few lads getting excited during the week, maybe doing a bit of painting around the roads as well in our own sort of territory there too.
0: Yeah. I should sort of part of it. The game itself with Ballon, I have to talk to you about it, because for a broadcasting point of view, i said it a few times, it was the most enjoyable game of football I've ever had the pleasure of broadcasting on. And it was such, such a savage game. I mean, it had everything. It had lovely kick passing. It had great passing in general, um, through the hands or kick passing, I should say. Uh, great scores. Tackling. Uh, all those basic fundamentals were done to an exceptionally high standard. Um, and from your point of view, I know you're carrying a knock. I don't have the exact time to hand when you enter the fray. But I do know it was at a time where anything could have happened. So what was going through your moments through throughout the whole contest, I suppose?
4: Great question, Gabe. Like In fairness, we were all there down on the blue side of Dr Cullman as well. The whole panel, I'm sure we were just as anxious watching on. We were, we were taking our turns, obviously, going up and down the sideline, doing the warm-ups as well. And without, you know... Taken away from the warm-up here, basically, it's, hard, it's impossible to take your eyes off the game and what was happening. It was end-to-end stuff, as you know. Um, and you're always going to get that when the, when the Cox and Ballon play each other. You know, it, It's not going to be a, a massive margin of difference at the end of the score, no matter what the level is at. Uh, but absolutely, it, it, it had, 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 sorry, had everything, I should say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In the early stages, it was quite clear that you were preparing yourselves for a very fast, balanced start. Uh, it did happen, and they got a goal quite early, but you didn't lose your cool at that juncture, um, which was, um, I suppose, maybe in that particular instance, is that a hallmark of the improvements you've made in, in, in the past 12 months, whereby that might have been a setback once upon a time? Definitely wasn't the other day.
4: Absolutely, absolutely no. We may have had the you know the possibility of capitulating the mid when that would happen in the past, but it's more so a credit to, to Morris, Tony, and the rest of the lads in the backroom team that... With the structures that they've put in place, um, you know, we, we're never going to drop the heads really and we'll just keep sticking to our process. I know that's a bit of a buzzword that you hear at the moment, but like we face something similar over in Lachlan Bridge. Uh, they, got, they got a great start in themselves as well, but no one really, you know, panicked too often and we just kind of stay doing what we know we can do as well and hopefully we, we, we climb back into that game as well, you know.
0: Mm. What have Morris and uh, Tony brought to us, Emmet, this year?
4: I, I think, Kevin, the, the best way to sum it up is just that element of professionalism, you know, although it's junior level, I, there's still just as many lads there, whether it, it was a senior level that want that kind of professional attitude to it, and that's what Morris and Tony uh, bring to a tea, you know. Tony has put great discipline on all of us as well, and there's been a huge buy-in from all of the lads coming back in. Like we're getting maybe 30, 35 at training every single night, which is unreal. You know, it, it's never really been seen before, and that's that's definitely what you need to get to the latter end of a championship as well. You know, um, the two of them are like a good cop, bad cop. You know, they take turns sharing their roles as well. But there's just a wealth of knowledge in the two of them. You know, uh, and we're absolutely blessed to have them on board with ourselves.
0: Yeah, and look, I know they've uh, they've worked together previously, um, but it was it was a good idea, I suppose, for the two of them to team up in this particular scenario as well. And when you look at Morris's record, I mean, it's incredible. Nearly everywhere he's gone, he's got a bit of um, he's got a bit of hop over whoever it is. Be it CBS, be it goes to down to Wexford, getting collection to a county final was a massive thing as well. He just seems to have that bit of X factor about him wherever he goes.
4: Yeah, he does. He does. He's a great character. Um, in work here, I, I work with a couple of guys who are involved with the collection, and they can't speak highly enough from him. And especially his time over there as well. You know, he had a great, a great impact on all the lads.
0: Yeah, yeah. Bangy one of them was he?
4: <laughs> That's Bangy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's
0: a fella. Tell him he sure is. Tell him. Tell him I was asking for him. Um, I surely will. I surely will. So, um, I suppose looking at Sam Mullins, then, what do you make of what? they're doing. Are you surprised to see them in the final and um what sort of a threat do you think they pose?
4: I'm not surprised at all, you know. Uh back to back promotions going for a third. That's no mean feat. Um there's there's some serious footballers. I watched them a couple of times this year and like there's there's some great footballers down there and it's no surprise that they're back to a, a third county final in a row. Um so we'll definitely have to be very prepared for the challenge that they're gonna bring themselves.
0: Yeah, I mean game on game they just seem to be making those incremental improvements and um they're creating so many opportunities they're, they're i suppose they're by their own admission they've been they've been quite wasteful at times but they certainly have guys that can do a lot of damage and uh it, it goes against everything that should be logical in the sense that like you guys are trending since probably december or january february maybe 16th
4: january we went back
0: right so these guys okay they have a lot of the the, the snc work done uh, from a similar time frame but in terms of picking up a football it's probably only in the last six weeks and there you look at this game and you think to yourself this is a real 50-50 contest it is mad but it's also probably a huge compliment that they're in a position that they have that depth of talent I guess
4: That's incredible it's incredible what to do because obviously look football is maybe not a, a year round focus for them you know they're, they're seriously high achievers on the Ireland front that either playing for Carlo, representing Carlo at club or county level but the fact that they can you know Pick up a football within the last couple of weeks and go and do what they're doing. You know that's that's crazy. And like you said, there they're obviously just getting better game on game as well. You know, so unfortunately we have the task of, of getting them at maybe the last game in Carlo, but uh, we'll have to see what that brings.
0: Yeah, couple of other things just before we uh, finish up. Um, Sean O'Brien wasn't available the other day. Obviously, his full time gig is with uh, is with Leinster. Um, was there? Um, how did that maybe? I'm not going to say how did it affect the dressing room, but initially. Obviously, you'd be looking at that as a setback. But I believe, according to Quiggs, that uh, he was quite motivational in the WhatsApp group. So, do you want to give us some bit of insight into maybe what he's brought to the camp and just how motivational, say, um, WhatsApp was?
4: I can, of course. I can, of course. Yeah. No, Sean, unfortunately, got caught up with work um, last Friday evening. And it was clashing with the game. There was obviously no way of moving things around. But since he's come in at the start of the year, he also brings that huge kind of that just the standards. The standards go through the roof, especially when you have a fellow like that around. And we were obviously good at to find out. And he, look, there was no one more good at it than himself that he wasn't going to be able to play. So, of course, the fellow that Sean is in any way he can help us uh, without being there. He sent a great message into the WhatsApp group as well. You know, just about the club and his belief in ourselves and whatnot, and I'm sure it kind of it, it raised a few fellas up reading that and knowing that he'd be there and early in spirit, and it's great that we can get over the line for him to be able to come back in at the end of this week as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And give the boys a bit of a headache there, I guess. Um, and I have a few of them because I know, like looking at Liam Shepard the other day, he was strapped up quite heavily. You're carrying knocks, and it is, you know, as you kind of touched on, um, the downfall in many respects of, the, of the, the tight schedule, but it's great that you have... Well, I suppose for for Morris and Tony and the lads that they have those headaches better to have them than to than to want them in terms of guys being available and selection headaches. Whenever injuries don't come into the, to play, I suppose is what I'm really getting at. Um, so, yeah, I mean it's going to be a really really interesting contest. It's it's very difficult to call from your point of view leading these guys. What does what does that mean to you? And um, the atmosphere around the dressing room must be uh, must be pretty cool the last few weeks.
4: Ah, it's brilliant! It's brilliant, you know. Uh, even going back into training after the first win against the Blues in the championship, like we had uh, a group stage win in the championship for a couple of years, you know. And it's just the boost that brings around the place is exceptional. Like, look, any of those lads could be captain. You know, that it's not with myself. There, there's ten, twelve lads out there. You know, that they all. And I'm not just saying that they're all leaders. Absolutely. And in every line in the field. We have fellas like that who will stand up, take a game by the scruff at neck. Whether it's you know eh, Ono Byrne full back line, Gary Nolan centre back, Liam in the midfield. But like, look, I don't want to start naming fellas because I leave someone out. But any of those guys, you know, they're 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 absolute warriors. They're sold round as well. So the fact that they've they've been the ones to get us this far, you know. So hopefully they can top it off now on Saturday as well.
0: Yeah, I can't finish up without mentioning Quigley's interview today. And all I can say is, if everyone was as honest. Um, what a- because my, my engagement levels were, the whole thing nearly blew up after that. And I thought it was fantastic. We got great honesty actually across the weekend with, with Quigley, with Paddy Bourne, with um with Johnny Fury, Josh Brady. All, all those interviews went down well. But Quig's one definitely seemed to seemed to represent uh, a lot of what Carlo is about. That's what the, the general consensus seemed to be. Um, he's quite a character,
4: isn't he? Oh, that, ah, look, that's him to absolute T, Kevin. He wouldn't, he doesn't put on a show for the cameras or anything. He he'd be like that at eight o'clock in the Tuesday night train if it was lashing rain. You know, he's always just the one fella straight out. And just a credit to him as well, like he's obviously at you know not writing him off, but he's not at the beginning of his career. I'm sure he's been the best player for us nearly all year. You know, he's the first one in as well. He doesn't miss a train or like that. You know, what a fella to have around. Um, and that that same, he's always in good spirits and in good form, cracking jokes as well. And that's that's part of what you need to have a good team taking over.
0: Yeah, I was trying to do my homework on it because Collie is a couple of years older than me. He's thirty four or five, so Alan must be near the four zero. He's thirty eight. Yeah, I was thinking he was he was getting close to it all right, but keeps himself well. But he's going mad to try to get an All Blacks jersey on him, do You want to watch out?
4: Oh, we'll look, we'll have to try Keith in there. I know he's living over that direction as well. He's got a good relationship with uh, with the All Blacks fellas too. But uh, I know he's a Coxman now, true and true.
0: <laughs> Listen, Emmett, we'll leave it there. The very best look. At the weekend and thanks for having the chat with us, alright. No worries
4: at all, Kevin. Thanks very
0: much. Turn our attention now to the St. Mullins camp and Mr. James Doyle joins us here on the podcast. James, how are you, boss? What's the story like this week in St. Mullins?
5: Oh, grand, not a bother. Grand and relax, sir. We're, yeah. not, we're not doing too bad now. We're, we're we're training. Yeah. Uh,
0: Good stuff. It does look uh it does look uh, like a happy camp the last few weeks. Every time you come out for a warm up, everyone is smiling. Um, but no doubt, there's probably an element of seriousness to the training this week, is there?
5: Uh, yeah, definitely. Look, we are kind of we're relaxed enough throughout the, throughout the whole campaign. Like, but I think we we kind of take the pressure off ourselves. Like compared to compared what, compared to what we'd have for the Harlem, maybe. But yeah, look, definitely. Look, every game we go to play, look, we're going out to win. I don't think you should be playing if you're a competitive sport if, if you don't want to go out and win every time you uh, play on the pitch so um, look yeah we are training there uh, last night and uh, training again then Thursday night and looking forward to the end Saturday
0: yeah and look there's a lot of hard work being put in there Johnny Murphy Ger Lennon and, and the lads what are the sessions actually like uh, is it um, I wouldn't imagine there's a matter of video analysis or anything like that
5: <laughs> <laughs> no no not really no no um, we kinda of stick to the maybe the one drill nearly every training session and uh, no and uh we go into a bit of a match then and sure. I suppose a lot, a lot of shooting practice like what we need anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I suppose that is the one thing, James, isn't it, over the past few weeks where you can identify a little bit of work needed and um James, if you if you start putting away these chances you are going to stop put all Because I think definitely the last night it went into double figures in terms of the, the wise tally. But you're creating the chances like that's the big thing, I suppose, firstly.
5: Yeah, look I suppose look, the, the fitness carried over from the from the horn, which was a huge help to us. Uh, um you kinda see there the last day, I think it was it uh, twenty minutes into the second half, did we only score a point or something like we were leaving a lot of chances behind, like and look lucky enough in the end that we got we got to two goals that kinda pushes us over the line. But yeah, if we can get the grasp on getting getting even half them scores that we're missing, that could be a huge help to us. So Look, it all depends on the day. Some some go some go very well, but some go very bad. also.
0: Yeah, and can I just ask you about the week in between was we'll the the final and going into round one? I wouldn't imagine you did a whole lot because, like, the result wasn't a pretty one. Yes, you've reversed it, but uh, so Jess, the last thing you probably wanted to do at that point was 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 see football, I guess, after that disappointment. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Look, I suppose it was a it was a quick turnaround. It actually, wasn't at that that much myself, but um. Yeah, look, there was very little done now going into that first game, like but um look, we're improving every game, but you'd like to have a, few, a couple of weeks um training before going into your first game, especially the likes of us that we haven't been playing much football over over the years or anything.
0: Yeah, and I suppose it's kind of that thing where you're nearly trying to run before you can walk, so to speak, because the, the prep and the time hasn't hasn't been there. But um as I've put it a few times on early on this podcast, it goes against everything that uh, preparation should stand for i mean you pick up a football for what, five or six weeks and you get the three county finals year on year the fighting cocks are training for the last nine months right and this game is 50 50 but maybe you can offer some sort of insight into how all this can can happen it's an easy enough answer in the sense that you have good footballers but how what is it that brings you back every year to county finals in football
5: Um, look, I, I think I think a massive thing for us is not having that pressure, like, we're going out um, every game and enjoying playing the football, but then the other, the other side of it, I think, is having that fitness, like, I think that's a huge help, like, being able to get getting up and down the pitch there is is um, something that's very important, especially in football, like, there's so much running, I think, compared to even the hurling, um, but I think like going out and just everyone actually just they're enjoying the football and that, that pressure is not there from from when you play the hurling. So I think that just carries over to to the matches then, like which is which is a huge help.
0: Yeah, and I suppose the other thing that often gets kinda forgotten about is be it Boris or go council, you guys probably would have played a bit of football down there, wouldn't he?
5: Yeah, definitely. I I remember when I was going through the council, like it was nearly more it was nearly more football I was playing nearly than hurling. Um. Yeah. Which look, it was after after school. Like we didn't play much of it. Then until until we kind of took it back up a couple of years ago. But then you know, it does does not mean, like so Chris Chris Kavanaugh and Seamus Murphy and all them. Look, they're all well able to kick a score. Like so, you know, everyone has has their backgrounds in the football in a way. Like so, look, it's starting to come through in in in, in matches and in bits and pieces. Like so, look, hopefully we can we can drive it on a bit a bit a bit more now come Saturday.
0: Yeah, last question, and I suppose I could ask you a handful of questions because of the year that's been. There's been there's been ups and downs, obviously, from the from the county scene to the to the club scene. But I've been dying to ask someone that's involved um, from, we we'll say, the club side of it about the the structure over which people are probably sick of me giving out about it. But is it tormenting for for you guys, James, um, with the with the biting games? Would you notice there's a kind of um, I'm not going to say a lack of bite, but is there something a little bit just not right about the way the structure is or are you happy enough with the way it is for the for the Harlem Championship?
5: Yeah, look, it's it's kinda of hard to know. It's I'm kinda of, I'm kinda of a bit on, on, on the on the fence either side, like, but in a way, look, it's good that you're playing matches like week on week, but then on the other side, if Laz get injured, you know, you you could be gone for the for the whole year because the matches are coming around so quick but look this year we were lucky enough with I know I didn't plan out the way we wanted to wanted to go like but we we're lucky enough with injuries um, that we we're able to stick out every every game. But yeah, look a hard note as of now I don't mind it. I kinda of, I kinda of like that you're playing kinda of match after match but like that if someone if someone got injured then that's what that's where you're caught and I think maybe it'd be no harm, even if it was only a week break between between games, which which would benefit lads and give lads that little bit extra extra rest and between games, and as well, which would be a massive benefit, also.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's the whole thing of like what you did. You won every group game, and you still, in theory, had as much to show for it as perhaps someone uh, that might have won two games would say, for example, right. And I don't know—is that a fair system? Because you can, how can you put someone in the same position that's won 5 out of 5 that has only won 2 out of 5? The, the reward, I would suggest, probably has to be a little bit greater from that point of view. And I would be saying this if it was Rangers or if it was Ballencalen or Myson or whoever it was, because Rangers have been in your boat where they've won all their group games and I suppose haven't won a final as well, James. And that's probably where I'm coming at it from the, the structure point of view where I don't know is there an all-around fairness to it, but at the same time when we saw a few teams, it's kind of one of those paradoxes, isn't it?
5: yeah yeah look to be honest with you, from my own kind of perspective like I don't really I don't really I, I never did I don't really look too much into it like and look at the end of the day look whether you whether you only win two games or whether whether you win them all like you're at the end of the day like if you're if you're good enough like you should be you should go out and be winning every game like so look I don't really look too deep into into, into these kind of things I just kind of take it match by match and look and see how it goes like I you go every day to to win every game that you play. Like so um look for me personally, I don't really look too deep into it and um of the structure of how the championship goes, I just kinda, kinda go about with like I said, everything in me strike, kinda, so you yeah. <laughs> kinda
0: Yeah. Yeah, and kick ball and so look, maybe maybe that's the way to be. That maybe that is the way to be, James. Um so look, um what are you expecting from the, the fighting Cox then, just to finish up.
5: Yeah, it was actually only someone asked me that the other day. To be honest with you I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know much about um how to play football or the style of football to play or anything but look we just knew that we played Ballon there uh, in one of the group games and like Ballon were a very tough side, like and for them to get over over them in the semi final, like they have to be they have to be a good side and look, we 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 know that we're gonna have to perform our best if we're gonna have to it up to him, like look, we the only kind of I'd say the only person we know, sure everyone kind of knows that that they have is Sean O'Brien,
0: that plays yeah. from like, them, um, so sure we have to we have to try and stop him, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, James, it's great to to see the the outlook that yourself and all the lads have towards the whole thing, and the fact that you're enjoying it so much has brought a great story, I think, to the championships. And the very best luck uh, on the day. All right.
5: Yeah, no matter. Thanks a million, Kevin.
0: Turning our attention now to the Intermediate Football Championship Final and I'm joined by St. Patrick's Othello selector, Niall Gorman. Niall, you're no stranger to the podcast. We had you on the show before a couple of years ago when St. Patrick's were in a minor football championship final. The club was on the crest of a wave. You graduated to uh, selection duties with the uh, Adel setup in the past couple of years, first with Mick Yo, and now, of course, with Alan
6: Costello this year. So, how has it all been going for you, sir? All going well, Kev, yeah. Um, yeah, that minor team was two year ago and I went up with Mick then the following year and just continued on with, with, uh, Alan this year. So I did, yeah. And I'll gone well over here at the moment.
0: Yeah. Sure. Look, the club's on a crest for uh, a wave really. And I suppose Mick has been, um, well, well, Mick is no longer involved with St. Patrick's. He's been a very good asset to the left wing back set up. And we're delighted to have him on board,
6: but he did some splendid work there before Alan came in, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Like Mick set the foundations there. Uh, a few years back. Right? Mick, Mick was there for around five years. So like you there's an awful lot of players that came through his hands within that, that five year. Um yeah, standards, he drove standards, he put he put a, a different culture in, you know. It was time lads before mixed time, lads becoming trend and they be might show up one week and be gone for a month and Mick came in, set a culture in, you're in or you're out. And then the standards start setting, and once the, he starts setting standards, the players start setting them standards. I was wanted with higher standards, and look, it, it transferred straight into to Alan. Then he was no different than Mick. I think it must be a schoolteacher thing, but then boys just they just wanted want the best, get the best out of everyone, you know.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I suppose, what has um what has Alan brought to it then in terms of what has he added to? Um, and what way has he added it?
6: Yeah, but Alan has been lucky, I suppose, in his first year, um, say compared to last year, like, last year Will Dorn was away, Will was in Syria, you had Rob Gann was travelling, Carl uh, Healy and Keane Garmin Comerford, they only came out a minor, Shane Rowan was injured, so there's five players just off the top of my head that we didn't have last year, you know, and all them boys are starters, are very, very good footballers as well, you know. So Alan's been lucky; he's probably had a full pick of whoever's available to us, you know. And yeah, Alan, he he's out. The league was a big thing. We were playing Division One in the league, like, and and he really went for that. Like last year, we played Division One, but as so I was saying, we hadn't the full. Compliment. this year we had a full complement and then we were able to compete in division one this year in the league. got to a league semi-final division one league semi-final i think it was the first time in 40 years to got to a league semi-final in division one you know yeah and that is so
0: important and it's one of the reasons why i'm a big advocate of having uh, a meaningful league structure and i suppose st patrick's identified something that they could benefit from in the past couple of years by going and playing division one i'd have no doubt that that's Really stood to you, and it's it's pretty, it's pretty evident in your performances thus far. You've been really impressive.
6: Yeah, well, like Division One, like, instead of going looking for practice matches or whatever, you know, you're playing Division One teams, like Surrathville, Aerog, Bagnestown, you know, Tin and we we played Ryland in the league semi-final, like, um, you know, and like sure that that was in the county grounds, sure. Well that's what else would you want only to only be playing the county grounds? It was a, a lovely Sunday in May, like you know. Now, saying that two days before we had to play a Fener, I don't know what the rush was. But I was playing to Island that Sunday, and the league final hasn't been played yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is,
0: it is mad, and that is still ongoing, of course, and it's uh, a big talking point over the past couple of months. But um, I suppose from from Saint Patrick's journey, I mean, you've been very kind with the information that you provided to us uh, via a third party. You can name him if you want, Nile. While I'm going through this, but I do know. And um, you know, say over the past 20 years old, he uh, went from going up senior in 02 to kind of going back down, and uh, maybe a year later, coming up then in 06, he you held your own for a good four or five years, back down to intermediate in 2011, and then fell foul to the restructuring. So St Patrick's never got relegated to junior A, just like Lachlan Bridge never got relegated to junior A. But as Lachlan Bridge have found as well. It's quite difficult to get out of. So you were down there for quite some time. And it's a nice little, I suppose, uh, segue into a separate point whereby you look at Clon They have just come out of junior. And now they're in the intermediate final like yourselves. You're both relatively new to it. So the hardest thing is nearly to get out of that junior. And then you have a little bit of momentum and you have a little bit more of a chance of getting a double bounce.
6: And that's why this particular game is so important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like that, that, junior was like a poison chalice, you know. Because no matter who comes down. Like even, even this year you have the relegation final there now. Kilbride and Kilbride and and Michael, Like, like if they go back to junior next year, you know, like like they're another team that a big team that that take beating in it as well. Like so, it, it's like the intermediate used to be years ago in in my age, you know. The juniors is hard as intermediate to go now, you know? Yeah, it sure is, man. Like, looking objectively at everything, I
0: felt from day dot, I suppose, that St. Patrick's and Clermore were the two most impressive teams that uh, that I saw throughout the course of this championship, which has been fantastic, of course. I mean, they're a serious side. You're a serious side. I am expecting a serious game, but um what would you see as something that you would need to try and maybe minimize or nullify from their point of view in order to ch- try and make sure that uh Saint Patrick's are successful
6: yeah sure like Clamore, serious outfit you know they're well drilled you know that uh Garrigan's over there with them and I'm not sure the other chaps names from bottom glass as well but like Walsh, him, yeah Pierre yeah and Walsh. But like uh last year like in the junior sure they got to a Leinster final there was it enters final or semi final? Semi, I think, yeah. Semi-final. Yeah. Yeah, well, but they, they were serious, serious tight. And like they were so unfortunate. If you look at the year Clamora got relegated. They could have been in uh I think Arogue won the intermediate that year. They bet they bet Clamora by a point. It was in Tolo. And Clamora got relegated that and Ayrogue went on and won it. You know? So that's that's the choice. like so in fairness to them, they bounced back straight away. But for us, we just have to, I suppose we just have to mind our own game and keep our own house in shape and, and let everything happen on the day, you know what I mean? Mm, you're very well coached, Niall, in fairness, in terms of like uh,
0: how you defend and how you get from A to B. That seems to be something that you've really worked on and have been impressive when whenever that happens.
6: Yeah, well, look. I suppose that was the joys of playing in Division 1. If you want to sit upright, you're going to get, you're going to get hurt. And I remember actually last year we went down to Old the first game in Division 1. And yeah, grand. We kicked 15 points. Old kicked 6-10. So it was 16 scores to 15. But this, well, we were just wide open. And that just shows you that when you're in Division 1, you have to learn quick. And... That's what we brought with us through the year, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that
0: incremental progress that I always kind of talk about. So it's going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting indeed. It's obviously on Saturday. And Niall, I wish you the very best look and thanks for having a chat with us here. All right. Thanks, Kev. Sticking with the Intermediate Football Championship final and turning our attention to Club Moore and delighted to be joined by Shane McGrath, better known as Shock. You're very welcome, sir. Cheers, Kevin. Thanks, William. You know what the first question is going to be? Where did this nickname come out? Shock? Ah, Jesus, that's gone. Years. Going
7: on. So, yeah, so it's about five or six, I think. So, so uh, stuck, I said stuck anyway. Yeah, uh, do you want to tell us how it stuck or, 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 who, or who gave it to you? I think my brother gave it to me years ago. I used to, when I used to play playing soccer, he used to rub me hair and let me score a few goals. And <laughs> I came from then, then he used to say, he used to give me the shock. <laughs> that's where I yeah. came from.
0: Yeah, well, look, I actually thought uh, I thought it was going to be uh, a somewhat tastier story. Not to be doing you a disservice now, but I thought <laughs> yeah. it was... Uh, I said, Jesus, I've heard nicknames known through the years. Shock is uh, shock is definitely a rare on. But, yeah. like, I mean, it's... uh I'm sure it's become nearly your first name at this day. There's not many oh, people that's, know that's, you, you as. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The first thing that strikes me, lad, when it comes to this particular final and your involvement with Club and the adult ranks, I would say, are you about 12 years playing adult football and you're probably, what are you, 29? Yeah, that's
7: bad, yeah. I My mean, first year, actually, we were in the intermediate final again, Bagnellstown. I would right, have been yeah. 17. So that was the last... So that's last
0: 2011, is it, yeah? Concert.
7: Yeah, 2011, yeah.
0: That's mad. So like, that's when a 17-year-old, I suppose, could play... Yeah, Uh, adult football. You're a first-year minor playing, so like that was a fair introduction at the time. Like, I mean, you hadn't time to settle into it, and it was physical stuff then. Like, (laughs) oh, it was, yeah, physical.
7: Um, yeah. So that's how long it is now since since our last finals. So
0: hopefully, we can go a step further now this year. Yeah, and look, I suppose in relation to what's been going on over the past couple of years, I mean, the last two or three years have been nuts. I mean, you're kicking a ball away from. You know, the knockout stages of an intermediate championship and literally that kick of the ball put you into a relegation final, you drop down. Uh like the two games against Lachlan last year, the first oh, one in particular, I mean, you were so close to to letting that slip. And now look at the rise you've had since like. Yeah, well that's that's it. Like it
7: could have just could've just been as easy as playing junior this year and seeing that now look what happened to to Lachlan Bridge. Like when you get your chance, you kinda have to take it because You've no given right of going straight up. Like it's it's tough to go with any of them, uh, any of them levels, whether it's junior, intermediate, or whatever. Or any, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. tough
0: to go up. And if you look at yourselves and St. Patrick's, I mean, it's not too dissimilar in terms of the trajectory. Like they're not too long up. You're just up, and when you have that momentum, it's important to strike while the iron is hot. And that's what I think makes this so intriguing lad um it's 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 a really really tasty final like from that point of view yeah like this um it's two young
7: teams and it's two football teams like we're you know like they've, they've a mixture of youth and experience as well like we have croc and then they have like shane rowan and all, as well like so it'll uh i'd say no it'll be the makings of a good match
0: yeah so. i'd say so and i mean from the get-go shock it looked like you were the two teams that had a bit of ouchy. but by the same token, if we were to rewind back a few days, like Grange really put you to the pin your collar, didn't
7: they? Yeah, like but like Grange are a very good team. Like just they've, they've, every one of them the players and that was named on that team, you can say good things football wise. Like they're they're very they're, they're talented bunch. Like and as long as I can remember, I don't remember teams walking over Grange when it comes to championships. So. So we knew it was going to be tough. Like even after the first night playing them, like it's just the bouncing ball there with John Murphy that come in. That could have easily ended up in the net, and then it's a draw game, and you don't know what way then games go, and then your momentum and all. But even the the uh, semi final there again, I'm like that. What was very little in that. Like that could have they a goal goes in here
0: and there, and they're straight back in it. Like so. They're, they're a very good team, yeah. But you are as well, and you're a coach very well. So maybe we'll we'll bring in Mister Walsh and Mister Garrigan and uh, all the rest of the background team into the conversation. Yep. What if what if they brought to the club over the past couple of years, Shane? And um and how have they brought on even further with say, this year? It's uh, they're,
7: they're set up and
0: like they're, they're game management, uh,
7: like the way. Even before games like we're, we're set up, we know what we're doing, we're buying into what they're what they're telling us, whereas maybe years before that it didn't really go that way, like, you know. But um, nah, no, they're brilliant, like they the work they're in behind the scenes is unbelievable, like to mm. food, um, and then not on, on field as well. you know yourself with Paul, the amount of experience he has with the Mead ladies and and then he was at like, with the Mead seniors this year as well, like it's just it's a great bonus and boost when you know if them lads in your corner, you know.
0: Yeah. So. I, I think it would be um I suppose one of the things that Clomor have improved upon uh would be discipline. And there would be a tendency in years gone by to maybe lose the code cool every now and then and it get sent off. And next thing you'd be in a spot of bother That seems from the outside like it has improved. Have the guys put an emphasis on that? Yeah well you kind of, kind of had to, like, if you're going forward and
7: discipline's a major thing because the last thing you want to be down to 14 or 13 even, it's hard enough with the, with this um, to win matches with 15 players. So, yeah, when they come in, like they, they said, that discipline's a main, a main thing and don't be chawing at the reflex. Like,
0: it's the last thing they want to be hearing as well, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, from your point of view, I mean, a lot of people put, uh, I suppose, a huge importance on your influence from... The scoring side of things, uh, and it doesn't seem to bother you a whole lot. But does it, uh, does it come into your mind, I suppose, that that's what people say? Well, shock is the man he has to get the scores. You seem to be coping fairly well with it anyway.
7: <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I'd say true. I wouldn't even, wouldn't even faze me. I wouldn't even think because you look up, then you like to have likes of Tom Pollard, Ushi, and Dial <laughs> beside you as well. So, them lads are well else scores as well. So, no, I wouldn't. Wouldn't really bother now.
0: Yeah, but sure, even when lads are saying it, I'd say it's the type of thing you'd nearly try on, any sure. Yes, yeah, sure. all right, okay. We'll say it. you can say that, and I'll, I'll score maybe twice as much, and second well, Yeah, yeah uh, so you just have to take it on the chain It's part and parcel with football, isn't it? Yeah, there will be a here and there, and all. That's the whole, all of it. You mentioned O'Shane Dial there, and I, I've been really impressed in in how he has, I suppose responded with his performances because I think he'd know by his own admission he might have been a little bit disappointed with how the two finals went with Lachlan Bridge last year but in the past couple of games for you guys he has been very very good we forget he's still a kid but yeah, he, he has a lot about him he has a lot about him
7: No but like even the two games with Lockton, he was a bit under par which are, a lot of us were you know so but like then you take like he is any young like he's still very very young and then this year he's after coming on, like he was out I think for most of the league or for all of the league with an injury and then he came back and he had to work his way back into the team. Like, you know, he didn't just walk straight back into the team. So I'd say that was uh kind of a, a wake up call as well. And thank thankfully for us he's
0: after he's after taking on board. Another man who's been prominent this year is uh Owen Coleman. And I know a couple of years back, very much um Shooting the lights out with junior C, but he shoots the lights out no matter what level he's playing at. He brings great experience, great man to get a goal, and he's a great man to let the opponent know about as well. Surely, <laughs> <laughs> surely really
7: that I know he'd let you know about. Yeah. It. Um, no, but you're like even there Coleman coming in off the bench, like the experience he has. Not even in Carlo like Wicklow, he's won championships. He's you know, like he's well experienced and he knows where where the, the goals is. He seems to keep popping up, so hopefully he can do the same now this weekend.
0: Yeah, in relation to St. Patrick's and what they've done, I guess, I mean we know the, the tangible progress they've made, but they do seem to have kicked it on a little bit this year. Uh, you've fed them already. Um, how impressed have you been, I suppose, of what they've been doing? Uh, look, they've been they've been brilliant all year round, like even when they were
7: playing uh, Senior League, they were good in that as well, like, and then the Championship, did a massive win again, Moisheel, and then Grange, the, the battle through, the match with Grange, that was always going to be tough, like a uh, derby match and then the game of us like i wouldn't i wouldn't take too much out of that game of us like i know there was six well, was six or seven points in it but like the, the start we got I, I i just i don't think we would be getting that start again for some reason so i wouldn't um i wouldn't be taking too much out of that game of us like this game the weekend it would be a totally different game so we need to just step it up another gear as well hopefully it's a good match
0: and lastly i suppose with the with the quick turnaround, I mean, are you a fan with Gerrard or probably um, another week? And uh, what's, I suppose, the, I can't say what's the thoughts of the supporters, but I, I think as a supporter in general, you probably would like two weeks to get the, the whole thing yeah. going around the area and build up. I mean, it's fairly frantic. And from the player's point of view, if you take up a bit of a knock, like, Jiz, you're going to be struggling. Yeah, like, it's exactly what you said there. Like, look, the week turnaround,
7: both teams have to deal with it. So, you know, you you can't do anything about it, but two weeks, like, it should be, really. Like, if a lad picks up, just a dead leg, even. A week's not enough. Where two weeks, with a dead leg, you'd be nearly back, you know, or, or even if you're sick or anything, like, you know, it's just, a week's just, it's too quick, and then for the community, like, getting up a bit of bunting and stuff for finals, a bit of banter going and all, like, it's just, before you know it,
0: the week's over and you're back in, you know. So yeah. maybe the two weeks will be will be better, I suppose, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Shane, we'll leave it at that. The very best look, and thanks for having a chat with us here on the podcast. All right. Sure, thanks a million, Kevin. Fair play, Dave.